The Lord your God is in your midst. He is a warrior who can deliver. He takes great delight in you. He renews you by his love. He shouts for joy over you. Strikers, how are we shouting for joy over our kids? Let's find out next on The Mighty Anvil. God, you are my smith. Forge me into the servant that you would have me be. Hit me hard enough to brush the scale and impurities from my life. Draw out my life to the length that you would have it. Make me tough enough to resist persecution, and temper me so that I am hard enough to withstand my temptations. Lord, as I go through life, put me back in the fire from time to time to repair me as I get blemished with sin. And when my life is over, and the fires of life are all quenched, grant me a home with you in heaven. Amen. Amen. Uh, well, welcome back, Alan. It's been a couple of weeks since we've been... Uh, welcome back, Alan. Uh, that didn't... Qu- I don't know what Were that you was. going with the Carter? I, no. <laughs> it was a great TV just, show back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> Vinny Barbarino. Um, so, the brushing. Uh, we have anything new coming up? We do. Right on. As a matter of fact, um, what events do we have for ELC? Uh, not many right now because she time and she, what's the other one? She time and she gathering okay. is next weekend. Oh. Uh, that's what we've got coming up every, okay. every since then. We got, I think got a couple things next month as well, but, uh, that's what's coming up right and should be on your calendar ladies Okay. and men, you should be there serving. So, uh, get, I don't know if we get signed up anymore for that or just show up, just be a man and show up. I think that's yeah. what we're supposed to do. That is what we're supposed to do. Uh, for Grace Point Family Church, we have Fields of Faith coming up on October the 20th at Anna Football Stadium. Uh, we also have our Night of Worship and Baptisms uh, that comes October the 23rd at, I believe, 7 p.m. Um, you can sign up for baptisms on the website, gracepointfamilychurch.com. Um, and then we also have our Shine Your Light Candy Palooza. Candy Palooza. Candy Palooza. So tons and tons of candy. Children, you know, children, kids wear your costumes. That is on October 31st um, at 9 a.m. at Grace Point Family Church. And you can find more information on the website. What was the first one? Fields of Faith. What's that? It's, it's honest, a field it's, with, it's with field, faith. Yes. Faith. If, you, if you build it, they will come. Okay. Gotcha. It's an entire <laughs> field of faith. Yes. Is what it is. That's what it is. An entire field of faith. Yes. Right on. Well, Strikers, uh, we have that guest y'all been asking for over and over again. Like, when is he coming back on? And, uh, well, your dream does come true today, speaking of field of dreams and, <laughs> uh, and fields of faith. So uh, he's here, uh, the grandfather of uh, the Mighty Anvil. I don't know if he's going to take that moniker very well, but it is what it is, man. Um, we got Chuck Phelps on the fo- on the phone today. On the phone. On the phone. Wow. I'm looking at you on the phone. Uh. I'm all I'm all distracted. Today. First time caller, long time listener. There you yes. go. All right, yeah. right. Um, first time, long time. Yeah, yeah. first first time, first time, long time. time. Right. Um, yeah, so welcome back. Thank Chuck. you. Thank you very much. I almost for called me. you Scott because I'm looking at the paper for all right. <laughs> um, typically, we do the core values, right? I uh, wanted to switch up today because we've you've been on the show twice and we've we've covered your core values what are three characteristics that you admire in others um 
loyalty uh, goes right along with myself. That's uh, one of a, a core value for me. Loyalty for sure. Um, integrity always stands stands strong. Um, I, I also I also care for. I don't know if you'd call it a core value, but I also like I also like people that like to have fun. Not afraid to laugh at themselves as much as they are to laugh at other people. So I, I've got a shirt that i am got it's coming to me. Okay, it may not be the best Christian thing to have, but it's, it says, if you can't say something nice about someone, come sit with me and we'll make fun of them together. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So uh, I could sit in that group really well. <laughs> me yeah. too. Yeah. Brian, me too. Brian Tower's like, dude, do you ever just not judge anybody? It's like always. It's like funny. It's, well, it's only because I'm perfect. And yeah, so, yeah and, right. You know, okay. See, I thought I, I've been telling everybody that I was the you know the only perfect one around here, but it's good to know that there is a club. There is a club of us. <laughs> There's a few. There's only about six of us, but we move around a lot. Yes. So, <laughs> gotcha. Um, random question. You got a random question for him? What's your favorite food to eat? Brisket. <laughs> barbecue <laughs> is a good barbecue one. is a food group. Barbecue is a food. Yes. That's a good one. Yes. Um, in in the end of the month, I'm actually going to Rockdale because there's going to be 50 barbecue companies down there. You buy your ticket, you go around, eat as much barbecue as you like from some of the legendary barbecue what? places. Yeah. I mean, legendary. Pecan Lodge, Franklin's, Terry Black's, legendary. So why is there not like a Mighty Man trip for that? So, well, hmm. There's going to be one coming in Salina. <laughs> there's going to be one coming in Salina. That's right. Troubadour is coming in Salina the first week of November. And it's the same deal, 55, 55 okay. bucks. So if you if you think barbecue's a food group, it's worth the ticket. I like that. You know, now that you uh, say the way that you said it, like when I – I don't know why, but $55 seems like a lot for me. Like, wow. I did spend uh, almost 150 bucks a ticket for ACL last mm. weekend. So 55 bucks for barbecue. Yeah. And really, is it all you can eat? or uh, just, you, You're there for six hours. Just walk so around eating barbecue. It sounds like um, – Addison, where they have not taste, taste, taste yeah. of Addison, taste of Addison, yeah. yes, and they also have like a beer one too, Oktoberfest type thing. Yeah, it's kind of like Oktoberfest, but it, the same thing. You pay like thirty bucks or something like that. It may, it might have been at state uh, the state fair, but pay like thirty dollars and then you're there for like twelve hours and sample any beer you want from like a lot of local breweries. And so the one coming in Salina is called Troubadour, mm-hmm. and it's their first one. It's gonna, I think it's at the square. But they're going to have uh, Pat Green's going to do a concert there as well. Okay. So there's there's four or five musical artists mm. plus all the barbecue that you want to eat. Man. It's, mm. it's uh, I think the country music threw me off. Uh, I'm not a big country music fan. Yes, you should broaden your horizons. I sh- it's funny mm. because I can sing just about any country song. I guess being raised up here in, right. in Texas, that it's just it's in my blood. Mm. But uh, yeah, I don't know what it is. There's a couple of songs. It's not, like dif- it. it's not difficult. You need to talk about your truck, your dog, drinking beer, and losing your girlfriend. If you got that, you got a country song. And if you play it backwards, you get your truck back, your girlfriend back, there your dog you go. back. You know it. You know it. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, Strikers. So we're really here to talk about uh, fatherhood. And uh, so the series that we're in is Father Knows Best. Uh, in preparation for this series, I actually watched a couple episodes of Father Knows Best. I was looking for some quotes out of there. And couldn't find anything quotable uh, out of it for me. T- tell me, how, how did Father's Knows Best hold up today? You know what? I'm going to say that because I watched it 
faithfully as a kid. Mm. Uh, that was one of my shows. Uh, it for me, it held up because uh, I'm I'm very nostalgic. Right. I, I love old things. I love traditions and yeah. So that um, what's the other one with uh, Ronnie Howard? Andy uh, Griffith? Andy Griffith show. Oh, man. King of all I, old th- sitcoms. That would be another one that I should probably revisit. And I'm sure there's some quotable lines in there because uh, of Andy Griffith himself. And Barney Fife. He'll give you some quotes. <laughs> he will give you some Who's Barney yeah. Fife? Don Knotts. I'm joking. No, okay. <laughs> um, and then I had mentioned, we're getting off the subject I'm of sorry. fatherhood, but real quick. I had mentioned a couple of weeks ago uh, watching the TV series in the early 80s called Salvage One. Yeah, I remember us talking about. I don't remember the. I don't remember the. And Andy Griffith was the lead. Really, he was the he was the junkyard dog. Uh, he owned a junkyard, and his family built a spaceship or uh, a, a rocket to go up in space, and then you know do what. Yes, I remember us talking. I do remember as you. I remember more of that when you're talking about. I'm, I didn't. I don't remember seeing that show. I went back, and that one does not hold up. <laughs> Just saying, it, it's it's really rough. It's really rough around the edges. Right. So, um, yeah, we we will revisit. So, going back to Fathers Knows Best, I thought, yeah, you know, I want to I want to speak to some dads um, and see what things worked for them. Where did they have to pivot? Where did they learn um, learn these things about being a dad? So, and here we are. Well, I can. I guess I can leave now because I'm not sure of everything I've done. I'm not sure mine's working. So no, it's, I'm, I believe I've got. Yeah, good boys. I think, I've got. I've got great boys. Yes, do. you do. Um, what does fatherhood mean to you? Uh, fatherhood, I, it, I think, in the most, in the most, or in the deepest sense, to me, is is legacy. It's legacy. It's it's a it's a, and, and I'm, I'm speaking. You have to understand, I'm speaking from a father who only has boys, right? <laughs> um, I only, you know, we always a joke last night. We always joke about we can't make the Phelps can't make anything but boys. You know, my I have three sons. My son has two sons. Um, somebody was telling me the other day, well, you can't wait to get that granddaughter. I said, I'm not sure we're going to get that. You know, will there be a special treat for the one who gives you the granddaughter? You know, I'm afraid of the little girls. I don't know what to, uh, I wouldn't know what to do with them, you know. And Here, so, yeah. um, I'm, you know, strikers don't hate me, but I'm perfectly fine with having just a whole <laughs> bunch of men in our, in our, in our family, you know, saves me on weddings for sure. Yes. Well, you know, you're already passed oh, that. So. <laughs> he, I don't know if yes. you know, but he's about to have a little girl. Yes, so congratulations. The first, the first one. Listen, I, I've always believed this, right? God gives little girls to strong men. That's why he gave me three boys. No, I'm not that strong. No, no, but, no, no, no. But I do. I believe that. There's, there's a whole lot more that goes into raising a, a, a little woman and a young lady than there is to raising a young man, you know, uh, you got to treat them different. You got uh, at least, and again, I'm speaking from theory, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But I think it's different. I think it's, and I think you've got to be a strong man. Yeah. I've been kind of debating that. And as, as we listened to my dad last week, uh, he, he talked about that, he, he, that the same thing. He said, you need to raise girls. They're raised differently, but I almost have a different theory is, uh, as hard as I am on my son, I've been hard on my daughter too, because in the world we live in, it's an equal thing right now. So if she's going to be out in the, in the, in the world, you know, she's going to be part of my language, but a badass, you know, 
And uh, I, I witnessed that last weekend at ACL. <laughs> I had to right. I had to tap the I had to tap the brakes for her. Right. That girl was not. She doesn't take she doesn't take any kind of stuff stuff. Uh, yeah, I won't go into, uh, maybe we'll get into that story later, but, uh, it was, it was quite interesting. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We don't talk to people like that. I, I, <laughs> listen, I, I don't think there's anything. I think you should, I think you should, I think you should be hard on your kids anyway. I don't care male or female because, uh, it teaches the, it teaches when people say be hard, I mean, today being hard is disciplining your kids and stuff. It's not, it's not what it, probably it was when you. we grew up right but, but uh, yes i think you 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 treat them the same in those ways but there's just a different touch that goes with raising a boy than there does raising a girl i believe uh, again i'm speaking from theory but i can i can imagine in my head how that would be the, the the way that they react and 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 to things and stuff is different i think but i think you should no i think you should teach your kids to be strong and and to be disciplined and to and and discipline in them Bible says, you know, spare the rod and you spoil the child, you know. Yep. I've seen evidence of that as well. Absolutely. Uh, Who taught you how to be a dad? Uh, Multiple people. Um, My father. um, My father was a a hardworking man. Um, Worked, uh, drove a truck all of his life, um, worked all kinds of hours. Uh, Never never was an over-the-road driver. He was always a local driver. Because uh, he wanted to be home with his family in the evening, but my dad worked hard, and so he taught me to work hard. So I, I learned I learned that part from my father. Um, I learned I learned um, from my father what not to do, you know, um, you know, in in some cases. Um, I'm an only child, uh, so I think that maybe has has some impact on it as well. But uh, but th- that that work ethic came from, from my father. Um, you know, today there's nothing, it's, it's nothing for me to work. You know, it's funny. My son, my middle son, Cooper is a, he's, he's a, a trainer down in San Marcos. And he, he's like, dad, I got, I got eight sessions today. And each session's an hour. He's like, man, I got, I got eight sessions. I'm like, Son, you realize that's what everybody in the world does every day. We have eight <laughs> sessions every day. It's just different. You know, it's just eight hours. I said, but, you know, I said, you ain't even got up to a half day's work yet. He said, what are you talking about? I'm like, half day's 12 hours, son. You know, you got to learn to work, you know. Um, but also from, from, from friends, you know, from my pastor, from Pastor Keith, uh, listening to what he's done and see how he raised his kids from, you know, people around me that we've done life together to see how they, what they've done with their kids and what they, what they haven't done with their kids. You know, um, I think if you, if you make everybody your teacher, you can, you can learn from any of those people. But, uh, those are some, those are some key, key things that taught me. I feel that to be a dad, then the rest of it, you know, Alan, as you know, you, they, they don't, they don't come with instruction manuals. I wish they did. <laughs> you know, you just kind of muddle your way through and, and, uh, you know, hope it doesn't turn out to be an axe murderer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm praying for that right now. Yes. yes. No. Was there a moment where you felt the weight of, like, I'm entrusted to raise another human being? Yeah, that, that's, that, hmm. I 
think when when Coleman first first came. So, you know, when when Coleman when we found out we were pregnant with Coleman, Coleman's my oldest, and um, when he was when he was coming before we knew that he was a boy, people would ask me, um, "What do you you know?" How, what do you? How do you feel about? It? I said I can't wait to have a baby, you know, baby boy. And they go, oh, you just want a healthy baby? I said I want a healthy baby boy. <laughs> you know, I'm, I do. Um, and so when we found out that he was a boy, I was very excited about that. And uh, and when he came, when he came from his mom, he was born at 31 weeks. Um, he was he was very premature. Okay, what is a full 40? 40. 40? Yeah. Wow. So he was he was very early, um, and you know he spent he spent uh, thirty days in the thirty three days in the hospital, twenty three of them in ICU. Wow. Uh, first five days we couldn't touch him. You know they took I mean they took him and we didn't I mean there wasn't any bonding or anything like that. They took him and they put him in an incubator and they got cleared his lungs. They tried to do everything they could. So I would go. I was at that time I was working at UPS and I would go. I would work early morning shift, so I'd go up in the middle of the night, and I would sit. Once we could, once we could get to touch him, I would I would reach through the incubator, and I would be able to to touch my son for the first time. And I think that's the moment where I was like, "Look, you you got to fight because I'm willing to take care of you. I I've, I've been God's entrusted me with this, so I need you, son, to fight for all this. I need you to fight for." for the, the sons that you've got coming. And, um, and so that would probably, if I think back on it, that was probably the first time where I was like, Ooh, this is a big responsibility, mm-hmm. but I'm, but I'm willing cause I need you to fight to get, to get yeah. up and do this. Did that change? Did that feeling change with the following two? Oh, let's back up real quick. So you've got how many kids? I have three boys, three boys. Uh-huh. And their names are, uh, Coleman's the oldest. He's 20. He'll be 27 on the first. Wow. Cooper is the middle. He'll be 21 in January, and he was born on my wife's father's birthday. Ah, very nice. So, um, and he's got, so that's why his, his name is Cooper Martin, which was my wife's maiden name. Martin was my wife's maiden name. And then I have Cannon. Um, he is, he just turned, he turns 18 today. Today's his 18th birthday. Right on. So when did, I guess you try to answer this question. I was going to ask, when did becoming a father become real to you yeah that that with Coleman for sure um but also um like we said no instruction manual so you know you you find out uh you find out that that why why did you do that (laughs) why why did you do that that's not you shouldn't were you not thinking I don't I don't know I don't you know and so you know all the joys and everything that come with with being a father you know then the, then there's that part where that they're they do those stupid things and you go why you know why did you do it and you know that 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 was a that was a different change you mean they're not gonna they're not gonna be perfect they're not gonna be, they look perfect i love it. man look how good that looks you know he looks like his mama thank god but you know <laughs> but uh yeah it's it's one of those kind of deals where you know the, the weight of it, um, because we were talking, like I said, we were just saying, I think that you got to, you got to discipline them when they, when they don't, when they don't do right. 
you gotta get you gotta get the do right out which one was the hardest one to discipline cooper cooper mm-hmm. and why is that um because there was so much of it you know I, i'm i told told everybody we had a party for canon last night i told everybody that um i gave each each one of the boys a sword at 16 and uh, i give it based on how i see them um Cooper got King Leonidas' sword because of just the rambunctiousness and the 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 way that he is driven. You know, he's he's just a troublemaker sometimes, you know, when it comes to that. And uh, compared to, uh, say this, compared to the other two. Gotcha. Okay, uh, there's a bunch of troublemakers in the world. Cooper's not one of those. He's he's a he's a he is a protector. Was he uh, ever on probation? No. So I'm just trying to make you feel no, better. No, thank you. <laughs> I understand. I understand. So you kind of got into it uh, just a second ago about the swords, but could you – there's something that I think that all men should do. What a great tradition that you've started. I, I've thought about it, but then uh, I, I, f- I forget about it as well because it's not on my mind, and I really appreciate what you do for the boys. Could you go down uh, and kind of describe what that – what that is sure so um as i said last night i'm i really my my thinking developed after coleman coleman got to be my test case unfortunately you know and the uh, first one always is yeah yeah first one always is funny story when like one of the times when cooper got in trouble and he got his i I just let y'all know i beat my kids butt you know I, i did and they and and you know, some some work, some things like timeout works. Some, you know, my kids got their butt beat and timeout at the same time when they they just I'm like, you know, go sit over there and think about what you know. Uh, but we'd always come back together and talk about, all right, no, you know, what did you do? So one time, one time I whipped I whipped Cooper and and he said, Dad, don't you even feel bad about this? I said I lost all remorse on your brother, son. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, that's the disadvantage of coming second. Yeah. You know, you you don't. You know, so um, I'm sorry I got sidetracked That's on okay. that story, but so uh, the where were we at on the? Uh, you were starting off on uh, oh, where? Yes, yes. So I, my thinking, my thinking got better after Coleman, uh, and so Coleman missed out on some of the early stuff and some of the later stuff, but I might talk about that as well. But uh, um. So at 13, what, what I do with the boys is uh, I take them. We always have the birthday parties for the kids and, and, and everything. And at 13 is that biblical rite of passage for, for adulthood. For me, it's for manhood, young men, right? And so I would, we'd still have, that 13 in America, though, is kind of caught in between. You know, it's right. that tweening time frame. So... Uh, I would take them, uh, we'd still have the birthday party with the kids and the presents and all that stuff, but I would take them with m- with me and my friends, the, the important men in my life, and we'd go to a nice dinner, um, some Three Forks, Perry's, something like that. And um, I wanted them to see what my friends look like, and I, l- I wanted them to see what that relationship between these men are so they know what to look for when they go forward, okay? And then uh, during that, we'd have, I had each one of my friends read a book called Way of the Wild Heart by John Eldridge. 
John Eldridge talks about in that book, the different phases of growing up, cowboy phase, warrior phase, king phase, and how you got to mature out of each phase. Because if you don't mature out of each phase, you just get older, but you still might be a troublemaker. You know what I mean? If you don't progress through the phases. And so if, if we're studying this scenario, I may have Scott speak on the cowboy phase. I may have you speak on the warrior phase. I'd have somebody else speak on the king phase. But each guy would bring a gift based on that phase of life. <laughs> you know? And so um, when, when I got to have the privilege to be able to speak into life of a 13-year-old of one of my friends, uh, I was privileged to be able to bring the message of the king. And so what I would bring, and what I've always brought, is I would bring a money clip with the word seed inscribed on it and a $100 bill in it. That way they can understand that what we get is seed. We can either sow it or we can eat it or however we choose to use it. And so it was just a way of starting that process. So we did that at 13. At, at 16, I would, uh, we'd, have a, we'd have a larger gathering, um, their friends, my friends as well. And um, I would present them their sword. And like I said, as a sword that I, as the way I saw them, okay? Not necessarily as they see themselves, but as I saw them. So Coleman is the firstborn. I gave him Richard Leinhardt's sword. You know, he's the firstborn, the oldest. But, but also, Coleman has always been a peacemaker. He's, he's, he's always been an old soul. Um, and, um, but he's that, that peacemaker. So that's why I felt like when I saw him, I saw Richard Leinhart in that. And uh, so I gave him his sword, and then I would speak a blessing over him. Coleman being the trial case, I didn't have the blessing really worked out at that point. Okay, When Cooper came, when Cooper came 16, he had, uh, like I said, King Leonidas' sword. And then I worked out the Phelps blessing over him and, and the scriptures that went with it and stuff. And uh, then Cannon, Cannon's very technical. Cannon's very methodic in his thinking. And so I saw a Japanese katana as his sword uh, because, you know, that katana sometimes takes 10,000 folds to make a to make a sword and that would speak directly to his personality and then we and then i would also speak the fatherly blessing over him yeah last night when you were going through the kids and the swords they got i i would have put money on it that you would have given canon a lightsaber (laughs) for technology yes yes (laughs) that that would have been very fitting absolutely absolutely i couldn't i just couldn't find a real lightsaber is the problem (laughs) yeah they're dangerous just a flashlight those crystals are just yeah. yeah it's bad um and then at 18, um, again, wasn't thinking this way with Coleman. I've got to go back and retro this, as I said. But uh, I had a ring made for them. And it's, uh, <clears throat> I stole this from Rob Moore. Uh, I, I was at Jeremiah's 18th ring ceremony. And basically what happened was Rob's grandfather had given a ring to his father. And Rob... And then that was given to the first son, which was J.D. But he, so he had to make another ring for Jeremiah, right? And so <clears throat> the idea and the, the thread of legacy through that. So I had, I, we don't have that. You know, my, my grandfather, my father never had those lines of thought. Well, a lot of people don't have that line right. of thought. That's why I was wanting to bring this up because I think it's a great tradition of which, what's, what's been started here, so... So we make the ring. I had the ring made. Um, it, we took our family crest, 
um, that we went back and researched and really found the Phelps lineage and the family crest that goes with it and and then broke down what is in that and I had a ring made so it's a it's a ring it's a gold ring made in the shape of a, of a shield with a, with the helmet of our family crest and the lion on top of the helmet and a sword with hat with the Holy Spirit's flame on top of it and as I read to the guys last night it's, it's there's meaning each one of those things line up with a core value in our family and our and the the motto from the from the uh, Phelps family crest from lineage from 1565 is a, a quote that's called toujours prêt okay which means always ready and it's really strange that i always when i read that i thought yes that's how we are we're always ready you know um, my my service at the church is in a in a capacity where i am always ready to serve our pastor um, as a as a, as a uh, type of armor bearer, um, you know, I'm always ready, you know, at any time for that. Uh, as I said last night, we're always ready to go. If you say, "Do you want to go?" Yes. Now, where are we going? That's the way the Phelps. That's the way the Phelps are, because we it's we like to go and eat. We like to go and have fun. We like to go wherever we like to go. And so, I couldn't believe that when I read that, I thought that. There's something weird here in the DNA that actually lines up with with that. It wasn't just like, oh yeah, I'll adopt that. No, that's how we, that's who we are. We're always ready. Right. You know. Something I've noticed about you, and it just I don't want to say I wish I had that that skill, but you are aware of everything that's going on. Like you, it's <laughs> it's 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 amazing to me. Like uh, I just say, if Pastor needs a Kleenex before he even before he even mentions it, it's like there he is, and it's like oh, okay. <laughs> and just watching you, what's what's his nickname for you, what, uh, Mr. Yes. Uh, I am Mr. Emilio. Jesus. Emilio. I'm Emilio. Yes, <laughs> you are. So I'm I'm M M E M M E Mighty Man Emilio. So if you've ever seen Mr. Deeds, uh, the Adam Sandler movie, uh, Emilio is the butler, and he shows up like he's like he's right there all the time, and um, so he's he that's what he said. Uh, when he saw me, he's like, "You're like that dude, man. You're." You're always ready, and, and oh, yeah. he'll say, "Chuck, hey Chuck, can you go?" And I'm like, he's like, "Wait, let me tell you what I need you to go do." Okay, yes, <laughs> always ready. That's yes, always ready. Uh, yeah, and just just a side note, I, I wanted to, you know, you, you are the armor bearer, hmm. and I was I was trying in my mind, I'm going to be Chuck Squire. <laughs> that is an impossible task. I will say that was the hardest thing. Like, like you're always aware and I learned that man you always got to be aware if you're going to serve Chuck because if you look you don't even have to turn around once if you just kind of look and see what's going on at that door oh where'd Chuck go it's <laughs> it is amazing and yeah uh, Emilio is is, is a good it's a good fitting right so uh going back to the ring and describing that I don't know if we covered everything but uh where were we with that well I just wanted to like I said I wanted to I thought that was such a, what Rob showed me with that, it was, I thought it was such a, a awesome thread of legacy. Now, what you have to understand is this, I'm giving this ring to an 18 year old that probably doesn't wear much jewelry, right? And um, so I have to, I have to really instill in him what this is. Now, listen, son, if you're not going to wear this right now, I understand. I, I perfectly understand it. I'm willing to keep this for you. 
I mean, because it is an expensive ring. It's not a, it's not a trinket. I didn't get it out. It cost me 50 cents out of the bubblegum deal to get. Uh, and there's a lot of thought that I did put into it. But I want, uh, I, I, still have to, I still have to make Coleman's ring, and I still need to one, get one for me made because I want to give, when, when I pass away, when I go, go to be with the Lord, I want that ring to go to my first grandson, <clears throat> which is Coleman's boy oldest boy Hudson um, I want the, and so I would like and then <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> I would like Coleman's son you know to pass his on to his grandson Cooper to his grandson Cannon to his grandsons and because it's just about like like Rob talked about being a more man this is what it takes this is what it's, this is what the core values are of being a Phelps man you know, and what that means in our in our family. You know, so you you need to know what Tujur's Pret is. You need to know that that we are always ready. You you know, and and not only you, son, but your son and your grandson. And so hopefully, hopefully that when they get older, they'll understand the purpose of the legacy behind it much more than just hey, my dad got me this weird ring. You know, do you think that the uh, the boys <clears throat> understand that now? I mean, I, I feel like with uh, who you are and what you speak into them, you know, daily for their, you know, 27 years now for your oldest one. Uh, do you think that they grasp that? Um, you know, if you, if you, if you say things long enough and you, and you, then it, it'll, it'll show up. So Cooper, Cooper came home for his brother's birthday this weekend. And he asked me, Hey dad, where's my ring? Well, son, it's right beside my bed. He's like, can I take it? And I said, yeah, absolutely. It's your ring. You can take it. I said, please, please, you know, protect it, you know, because he's still 20, you know. But he, I said, why is it that you, he goes, I just, I want it. I want it. I want to, I want to wear it, you know. And uh, so at Jeremiah's wedding, uh, Jeremiah Moore's wedding on Thursday, I looked over and he had it on his finger. I got to resize it. It's, it's, he had it on his index finger like it was 22 kill or something. But, it, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I got to resize it for him. But uh, yeah, it was it was yes. I think Cooper definitely understands. Um, I would think Coleman understands. Coleman, this is the first time Coleman's seen a ring ceremony. Okay, he didn't see Cooper's ring ceremony because he wasn't here. Um, and. You know, there was there was some there was some strife at that time in our between he and I and, and our families, and uh, he they were in Tennessee and um, so he didn't get to see this first time he got to see the ring ceremony. Uh, I hope that coming up on 27 with two boys, I hope that he he understands the the legacy of it. You know. Hope he appreciates it. Maybe, you know, I mean, you might understand it. You may not. You just might think, ah, the old man's crazy, you know. But uh, I think. Do, do you really think that he would think like that? I don't know. I mean, I don't think so. I mean, like I said, I, I have, I have, I believe I have wonderful boys, wonderful young men. I don't call them boys anymore. They're young men. Have wonderful young men. And, and you know, I, I have, I've got to see, I've gotten to see, um, especially with Coleman, um, how we're more friends today, uh, which is that transit. You know, it's, 
I don't need to be their friend when they're 13. I need to be their father when they're right. 13. Yeah. You know what I mean? But at 27, I get to be his friend now. Um, and I get to watch him not be the friend to his four-year-old. <laughs> you know, get to be the father. It's a good thing. Uh, Cooper's, Cooper's that way, too. He, I'm seeing him, and he's seeing me. He's moving into that time in his life where he's, he'll be 21. I'm still, I'm still a heavy voice in his life from a fatherhood deal and stuff. But, but he's, he's talking to me. I can see he's talking to me more on a friend level too. You know what I mean? Which is a wonderful thing. Uh, so, with with Cannon, I think he's, I think he's, you know, he's 18. He's still in the house. You know, although he tells me, he, he told us a few months ago, when I turn 18, I'm moving out. I go, not when you turn 18. Not when you turn 18. Because you're still in school, you'll be in this house until you graduate. Then you can go, but you know you can move out then. But uh, I was just looking up at the, you know, thinking um, we we got the conversation this past weekend of my son going, when I turn 18, I'm out of the house and you will never see me again. I'm like, oh, wow, <laughs> way to hurt your mom's feelings. Right. Me, okay, good luck. <laughs> right. I'll see you in a six months after that. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, it, you know. Because they still don't have an idea what it takes to live. Right. No. No, no. clue. We make it look easy. Man. Man. No. Well, Strikers, uh, we'll be right back after these uh, couple of messages, and then we'll get into some hardcore questions. <laughs> Probably. Oh, <man. laughs> We'll be right back. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We use Anchor for this podcast and our other podcast, The Weekend from A to Z. So if you're about to start a podcast, lift Anchor with Anchor FM and set sail on your new adventures. Strikers, uh, we're here with Chuck Phelps today, talking about uh, Father's Knows Best. Uh, that's the series we're in, and uh, so, Alan, what's uh, what you got on your mind for Chuck? So the question I have is, the ceremonies that you guys do. Is there ever a point that, I mean, all three boys have received the gifts that you've given, all three gifts? Not all three. Coleman hasn't got his ring yet. Okay. Now, I'm, like I said, I, I missed him. I wasn't. I wasn't thinking that way. Because he's Coleman is six years older than Cooper and nine years older than Cannon. Okay. So, I didn't develop some of those thought processes until right, right. Until he was past those mile markers. Okay. Are there are there mile markers that they have to hit in order to get the? I think last night you had mentioned that. Uh, well, maybe maybe in talking uh, in the past couple of week in the past week you had mentioned that uh, if. I guess where we're going with that. If they don't hit family core values and they're not living up to what these three mile markers are, do they still go through that process or is it a delayed thing? So the really the, the first qualification is you turn of the first for the first ceremony, 
You, have to, you just have to live 13 years. You know, if you make it it's 13 years, I don't know. You know My son, it's come real close to not living 13 years, so right. he, he, he made it. If you make it 13 years, then we're going to go and have dinner, and we're going to have that. that that's that first mile marker deal. Um, the the 16, um, again, not not that there's any, you know, not that there's any, there's not any, like, I don't, not, there's no tick marks or anything sure. that, that, but I'm, I'm you know, it, this is more me speaking over them when I see to, uh, of, of them. Uh, like I said, I have a fatherly blessing that I speak over them. Um, at 16, you know, even though they think they know everything, they, really know, they don't know anything still, you know. And so it is still that, it's still me leading that and me, you know, helping them understand that. At 18, this is, this is the transition into manhood in, the, in, in America, Right, not yeah. not biblically, but in America, this is mm-hmm. Westernized, and so at that point, you know, they should they should have started to see what the core values of our family are. They should they should hopefully have seen me live those things out, and be able to start to recognize that these are the family values. The ring helps them remember what those values are. You know, excellence, courage, honor, you know, generosity loyalty those those things that are in their lives uh, that that are in our in our family um so the ring is for for help them to remember that but also um it is it is it I, it then allows me to see that they understand those core values that's why the ring ceremony is it comes at 18 um So I struggled at, at, at one time when I was making Cooper's ring because I hadn't given Coleman a ring yet. Mm-hmm. And I, I was struggling with that. And I went to, I went to Robin Moore and I said, uh, I tell her, I said, hey, tell me a little bit more about the ring again. You know, because Rob was already gone at that point. So tell me a little bit more about the ring. I, I need to talk. I need to understand you know, if there's any more deep, anything deeper about this. And uh, I said, because I'm really struggling. I, I want to give, I want to give Coleman a ring, you know, in this. And she said, well, let me ask you, do you think Coleman's living to the core values of your family right now? You know, I, at the time, I didn't feel like he was, you know. Um, I just, I didn't. I, you know, it was just, and maybe it was the way I saw it, not the way it was the way it really was, but, and she said, well, why would you give him a ring if he's not, the ring is about your core, family's core values. Why would you make a ring for him if he doesn't, if he's not going to live those values? And man, that was like a, I mean, Miss Moore has hit me inside the head many times with a two by four, and that was what, that was a big one. That was a big one because my heart was to, to help my, to bless my son and to, to help him understand and, or, in my what I thought, remember, mm-hmm. you know, very you turn that remember <laughs> who you are yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. you know, um, and so um, that was probably one of the reasons I didn't have his ring made at the time. Um, it was it was a how weird. Is, how old was he when uh, Cooper got his? So he's he's six years six older. Years, okay, so he's six years older. So. Um, 
you know, Cooper was 18, so that would have made Coleman 20, 20. Boy, quick math, huh? Yeah, man, somebody that's smart. It's early. It's, it's early. It's early. Six years older than that. So. Okay, add six to 18. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I believe that's 24. Yep. Yeah. Okay, I believe that's 24. I'll check the math later. Yeah. I just remember that from Yahtzee. So. Um, and so, yeah, there was it was just a very difficult time in our family um, during that time because, you know, that's my firstborn son. I mean, we, we share, we share, we share a bond. Each, each boy, each young man's bond, at least in my heart is different. I remember asking my best friend whenever I was in college, he was my groomsman and he had, I only had Coleman at the time and he had, he had two kids. I said, man, how do you split your love between two kids? He goes, you idiots, you don't split your love between two kids. You love them both 100%. You just love them different. Mm-hmm. You love this one. It's interesting that if I think back on it, he was telling me, you love this one the way he needs to be loved, and you love this one the way he needs to be loved. And so it was mm-hmm. kind of revelational, and so it wasn't long after that. Because we weren't sure we were going to have another one. We were perfectly happy with, <laughs> with, with just, just the one. The one yeah. Just the one. Do you think the being an only child uh – I don't want to say hindered or do you think it was beneficial to you? Do you think you would have done well with a brother? Do you think that you're doing better without one? Being an um, I will tell you that I get this a lot from me because I'm an only child. And, uh, like, I, I get, man, dude, you're selfish. <laughs> and I know that's not you. I was too poor to be selfish. Too poor to be selfish? <laughs> you know. Um, Everybody's got a stick in the backyard. Yeah, well, my, you know, it's my, for a long time my best, my best toy was a spoon. You know, so you, you make a lot, you make a road grader out of it, a dump truck or whatever. But, um, you know, Scott, I only know what I know. Um, I, I, I think because I was an only child, it made me more outgoing because I needed to have friends. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have a brother in the house all the time or a sister in the house all the time. Interesting. So it made me, I, I think it made me more, made me seek people out more. Um, because I don't, I didn't like being by myself, you know. So I wanted to have friends. So I had friends a lot, you know. Um, I'm fortunate we didn't move, we didn't move a whole lot. So I was able to establish good friendships, you know. Um, <clears throat> so I, I don't, I don't know if it, if I, I would, I would believe that if I had a sibling that it would have changed the dynamic of it. But I always, I mean, I, I had, I had two guys that lived with me and my family for like well my my guy was my best friend that i mean he he lived two miles away from us but he never slept at his house he slept at my house the whole time and then we had another guy that when i was a freshman in high school came uh came to live with us for just he was i was a freshman he had graduated the year before and i asked my mom and dad hey can can norman come in and, and stay with us for a little bit. He's having a hard time. Can he come and stay with us for, you know, a couple of weeks or so? And he was supposed to stay three weeks. He stayed seven years. You know, I mean, I went to college and he stayed with my mom and dad. So it was like, I always had I somebody in the house. Yeah. Um, so there was always friends around that way. Um, I don't know. I, I, the only child, the only child thing, I don't think that played into us just having 
wanting to have one. It was just we were enjoying Coleman at the time. Gotcha. You know. So uh, one of the things that I wanted to discuss today, and I'm wearing this shirt intentionally. Okay. So uh, it is Memorial Wrestling. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a high school that my son goes to currently. He was on the team. And when I was 16, I knew at that time I wanted to have – I couldn't wait to have a son to teach him everything I knew about wrestling so that I could help him be better than I was. Ooh, yes. As a matter of fact, uh, one of our – our prayer when he was – for years when he was younger was bigger, faster, stronger. That's how right. we ended – Bigger, faster, stronger than dad was. And, uh, dude, he definitely lived up to that. He, he is at all of those things. At, my, at that age that he was, bigger, most for sure, stronger, for sure, and uh, a lot faster because we ran a 5K last year, and, like, he smoked me. But I'm also about 150 pounds more than sure. him. But anyway, um, one of the things that I've had to come to grip with lately was they are their own people. Hmm. and my dreams can't be it's it's not going to be theirs like they've got other things that they want to do that they've got other ways of living that they want and uh that was a hard thing for me because i i get joy out of watching my kids play sports and Absolutely. and doing things like that so is is there something that like was there a bar that you had set for your kids that they might not have it's not really yeah, a bar. No, I, I, can, I can speak to that for okay. sure. So um, when Laura and I first were dating, I said, hey, if we get married, we're going to have six. <laughs> she's like, six? I said, yeah, six boys. And she's like, six boys? I said, I need five starters and a sub. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, was, I, was, I was a basketball player in college. She was a volleyball player in college. And uh, she's like, all right, all right. And uh, – so then, then we have the one. I'm thinking, well, I like this pretty good. Maybe we won't have any more. But uh, so being an athlete and my wife being an athlete, athletics is very important in our home. I, I, I love what athletics, athletics teaches. It teaches, it teaches teamwork. Mm-hmm. It teaches, you know, it teaches loss. If you, you know, how do you react after you lose? You know, um, it teaches you humility. It teaches, there's, there's so much. It teaches you the dependence on other people um, when, you're, when you're in a team sport. Um, so, you know, myself being a, a basketball player in college, I wanted my boys to be basketball players. I knew my boys were going to be tall, you know, and, and I, you know, I, we joke, and you'll have to understand, we joke all the time. So my, my daughter-in-law uh, is five foot tall, okay, and my son is six eight. you know. <laughs> wow. Uh, and and uh, Cannon's girlfriend is five foot tall and he is six six at 18 and i said to what are y'all doing what are y'all doing hey don't you know we're trying to raise a race of giants here and you're you're watering down the gene pool what are y'all doing and so i I joke about that the the, those those young ladies are are fierce warriors into themselves you know so uh but we wanted to i wanted my boys to play basketball you know, I was a basketball player. I, I dreamed, I coached them all when they were young. I dreamed of that process. Honestly, if you guys want a little, pull back a little bit of the onion here, probably one of my regrets when I die is that I didn't, my, my degree is in teaching and coaching. I wanted to coach my boys in high school, and I didn't take that path, never taught, never coached, never did any of that. 
I'm going to regret that one day. Just when I look back on my life, I'm going to look back and regret that I didn't take that path. Um, it's just going to be one of those things that I missed. I chose a different path at that time. But I wanted to coach my, my boys in basketball. I always wanted to have my kid be the coach's kid, you know, because I used to see coaches' kids when we played, and I thought, man, they, they have that extra advantage, you know. They can be in the gym every day. They can do, you know. And then we get into high school, and, and Coleman doesn't want to play basketball. And I'm like, wow, you know, that's uh, – it's like you realize how tall – I think you were just – you were made to play basketball. You yeah. don't have an option here. Yeah. yeah. And – uh, and I really, I, I, he chose to be a swimmer, right? And he swam, now he swam since he's, all the boys swam since they were eight years old. Um, Phelps, last name, got to be a swimmer, right? <laughs> but um, he didn't, when he didn't want to play basketball, I mean, I got him to try, I got him to try out because he missed the tryout. I got him to try, I spoke to the coach, got him to try out, and didn't even go to tryout. He said, I don't want, I don't want to do that. And I, I was disappointed but also realize how smart he was because he didn't want to have the coach at school and the coach at home. Mm. He was smart. You know, what, what am I going to tell him about swimming? Go fast, son, and don't drown. <laughs> That's the two things I know about swimming, right? right? Just go as fast as you can and don't drown. And so, I mean, and he took that and be, he, he became an All-American. He was an All-American swimmer. I mean, he, he got, he, we got the plaque, at the, the, the certificate at the house. I remember the day it came. I showed him, I'm like, look at this. He's like, yeah. I'm like, wait, do you see what this is? This is a, this means you're one of the top 100 swimmers in the nation. He's like, yeah, that's good. Didn't even care about that. You know, it's funny that you, you wanted to be a basketball coach, but look, your swimming coaching uh, helped as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go well, fast, don't go, drown. Go, go fast, don't drown, yes. <laughs> you know, um, and then Cooper. So, Coleman, you know, Coleman, Cooper – Cooper has always had a spirit of wanting to, if I, as I look back, wanting to um, follow in my footsteps. I mean, for the longest time, Cooper had my senior picture on his phone as his screen. Like you pull up his screen like that, and it was my picture of when I was 18 in high school, 17 in high school. And he, he wanted to play basketball. He wanted to be – and you have to understand, Coleman's 6'8". Cannon, the youngest, is 6'6", six, six, and Cooper is 6'2", and that drives him crazy because he wanted to be 6'8". He wanted to be a basketball player, um, and we had that discussion one time about him swimming. I'm like, why don't you swim, son? He's like, I want to play basketball. And so we went through the whole progression of, of your 6'2", how high do you jump, how fast are you, you know, if you're going to go to the next level, you know, we had this whole discussion. I said, how many 6'2", how many 6'2 post players do you play? Because he went to Legacy Christian. You're the biggest kid in the school. You know, how many of those do you see in college? Mm -hmm. I don't see any of those. Exactly. You know, why don't you swim? I don't I said, son, as a freshman, you were faster than your brother, and he was All-American. You know, huh. but he didn't want to do that. He wanted to play. I mean, he wore my number. He, there's so much. That, that he walked in my, you know, in my footsteps with that. Um, and, I, you know, I had to tell him, too, many times, son, you don't, please, don't try to be me. Be you. Be the very best you you can be because uh, you can't be me. I've already, I'm already taken. 
You need to be who you are. If you try to be somebody else, everybody else is already taken. You just be you, okay? And in uh, trying to release that pressure that he was putting on himself about that because he wanted to be a college basketball player because his dad was, you know. And then Cannon, Cannon swam his freshman year and said, uh, I'm done with that. And I said, okay, what are you going to do then? So what do you mean? I said, well, athletics is important in our family. What are you going to do? He's like, I don't want to do any of that. Wait a minute. Your mom's a college athlete. I'm a college athlete. That's, that's pretty important in our family. Uh, Dad, I don't want to do it. I'm not you. So I got one wanting to be me and the other one telling me I'm not you. I'm like, whoa. And uh, he said, I, I just, I've got other things I want to do. Why can't I take those things that you see in sports and translate them to technology and business and stuff that I'm very interested in? Hard to argue with it. Right. Wise kid. He was. He really was. So how did you change your fathering based on the seasons your kids were in? Um, that's a great question. Uh, in some aspects, I didn't. Um, you know, the... You know, the the well, uh, let me let me, re, re, let me retract that. I did. Um, the discipline changed. You know, um, again, I think you I think you got to I think you Bible says train a child up in the way it'll go. And when they're older, they will not depart from it. I think that uh, the but the discipline changed, um, and the way I way I, as I as they got sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. Uh, the way I spoke to them changed in 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 somewhere in the case of, is it, you sure that's what you want to do? Because I wouldn't do that. Now, you can do it if you want to, but please understand, these are the consequences that come with that, that decision that you're going to make. I always taught the boys, you know, Mick Whitener told us two things that, life's about two things, choices and relationships, right? And every choice has a consequence, good and bad. So whatever choice you make, whatever decision you make, it's got a consequence that comes with it. If you make a good decision, it's got good consequences and bad consequences that come with that, okay? If you make a bad decision, it's got good consequences and bad consequences that come with that if you can learn from it, right? And so I always taught them, always taught them choices, choices in relationships. I spoke to that last night with Cannon about, hey, don't, don't forget in all you're getting and all you're striving and all you're becoming, don't forget people. Because in the end, you're not going to, you're never going to sit and think about, man, I wish I spent 10 more hours at the office. You're going to think about the people that enri- that enriched, enriched your life. And so, um, when they were, when they were younger, I mean, the discipline was the, the, the belt of the board and the, and the timeout, you know, um, my wife says, <laughs> Laura always says, when people come to her and say, how do you, how do you, you know, how do you raise your kids? How do you discipline them? And my wife says, whip their ass, whip their ass, whip their ass. Because <laughs> if you don't, when they get 16, they'll try to whip yours, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, so we always, we've always disciplined the boys that way. But as they've gotten older, um, you know, it's, it's, been a, it's been more of a make your decision. But I understand there's consequences that go with that. And each, each one of the boys have heard this line from me, too. It usually comes around that 15-, 16-year-old mark because there seems to be a testing with children. Uh, I, I, pass that, I pass that on to 
to Bill Smith one day. I said, you know, around around two and three, they always call them the terrible twos, terrible threes, you know. But that two, three, four range, there's a testing, you know, where you where you tell your kid, hey, don't touch that. It's hot. It's hot. And they look you in the eye and continue to move their hand towards you. Isaiah does that now. Yeah. <laughs> yes. so and he, that, and he's, he'll be three in February. There's that testing, you know. Yeah. Uh, it comes again around nine, nine or ten. There's a testing of – is he really gonna? Is he really gonna beat my tail if I do that? So it's coming, okay. And then there's another one in that. There's another one in that 13 to 15 range, you know, where that testosterone, especially for boys, that testosterone washes over the brain and they, they, their voice drops and they think that that, okay. And there's a test. There's a test. I tell Bill, you're dealing with the test. I said, don't worry, it gets better. It gets better. It's coming. It'll get better. Um, but there's always there's always that time, and so, but at, at at as they get older, each one of them has heard this, and like I said, it usually comes around that 13, 15 range, and it generally deals with their mother, and how they've talked to her or treated her, and and the line has always been, "Hey son, um, I can't make you respect your mother, I can't make you honor your mother. I'm gonna tell you right now, no one speaks to my wife that way." So if you want to talk to my wife that way, you and I are going to go into the backyard and we're going to see who's going to come back in the house. But you're not going to speak to my wife that way. And I step in front of my wife and I say, no, son, this don't work that way. Now you're speaking to my wife if you're speaking that way. You know, and every, you know, every one of them have been like, I'm really sorry, Dad. (laughs) I'm like, you don't need to apologize to me. You need to go apologize to her. You know, have you ever had to take uh, one of the boys outside? Not a single time. Mm-hmm. I was going to look and see how you got past that because <laughs> that, that's been a tough moment for me. I, I, no, I, I understand. I'm, I know the situation that you deal with, and uh, it's, it is tough. You know, it is tough. Um, I don't know why. I don't, I don't know why because any one of them could have challenged, you know, uh, especially as they were looking me in the eye, as they got old enough to look, you know, tall enough to look me in the eye. Any one of them could have challenged. I don't know if it's the – Deeper voice, and the, I'm big mouth, and so no one carries a bigger mouth in my in my house. You know, um, no one can get louder than me in my house, and they all know it. You know, and it's detrimental <laughs> many times. <laughs> detrimental uh, comes with a lot of apologies. Um, but uh, but but again, I you know what? I think it goes back to what like what Laura said. We whipped their tails when they were young so that they didn't want to whip our tails when they were old. Yeah, yeah, that was one of the things I kept telling myself. Or I've told Caden this when he was a kid. Cause, well, no, I don't know if I told him this. But in the, my head, I was like, okay, he's gonna, I've already praying for him to be bigger, faster, and stronger. And at the age of 15, he's a half inch taller than I am. Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking up at his eyes now. And uh, I'm like, man, I'm praying for this. But uh, I hope that when he is old enough and – he just knows how much I love him <laughs> that he, he won't do that. But, you know, I got that old man strength, so we're good for, we're good for a couple more years. And I was going to say, actually, I agree with you, Chuck, because I'm taller than my dad. And, yeah, there, I wouldn't ever. I, I, remember, I remember at 15, I remember at 15, um, we were out at the lake one time, and, and I, I'm out with some friends over here, and I come back. We, we were frequently went to the lake, and I remember – I see my dad uh, shaking my mom, 
you know, now backstory is that he's breaking up a scrap between my mom and her sister. We we're we're pretty we're pretty redneck. You got to understand, <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, they they you know there there may have been some adult beverages that were consumed that that in, it heightened the heightened the uh, atmosphere at the time. And so I, I see that. So I think, what is going on? I run up and I push my dad. I'm like, you can't do that. And my dad grabbed me with one hand and chunked me about 10 feet. And I go sliding across the gravel. I get up and I go, wait a minute. You can't do that to me. <laughs> I go back over and I say, what are you doing? And, I, you know, and, and he grabs Chuck, leave me alone. And throws me again. And then I get up. <laughs> you know, I go storming off crying because he, you know, I thought I was a man. How old were you at the time? 15. 15. Yeah. Was he your size? Was he? My my dad was my dad was six six two, my dad was six foot two, um, about probably two sixty at the time, um, and uh, just bull strong. You know, work drove a truck hauling water, working working you know picking up water from drilling rigs and stuff like that. So. Just like you said, old old man strength, and just, and I was, you know, I mean, I was, I was six, maybe six, at fifteen, I was maybe six foot tall, one hundred and thirty five pounds. I was, I was a thin white line for sure. You know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, so it, it didn't take much to chunk me. So as we're wrapping up, uh, what is a what is a characteristic that you have seen in your dad that you see in yourself now? I mentioned this last week with my dad. Um, I, I cough, I sneeze, I will say there's a word, and I'm like, oh, that, that sounded just like my dad. And then some of the core values or whatever that he instilled. Well, he, core values wasn't a thing in my house. No, nah, not neither. But um, I can see what is important to him, so that was handed down, sure. or in, in some way handed down to me. What is something that you take after your dad that uh, – <clears throat> that right there. <clears throat> My wife says, you sound just like your dad when you clear your throat and you, you know, you start. My, my, we have the same pitch. We had the same pitch of voice uh, as I've gotten older, you know, as I'm. And so um, the, those, those kind of things. Um, my, the things, the, you know, like I said, core values wasn't a thing in our house. We didn't know. But just like you said, the things that are important to my dad, I can see them. Even though we didn't know to call them core values, they were. You, now, now that I'm older and now, now that I'm trained, you know, I can see what they are. And, and family, was a, family was important to my dad. That's why he, he could have made a lot more money driving a truck over the road than he did, but he wanted to be home with his family. So family was very important to him. Um, you know, taking care of his family was very important to him. Um, I can remember when they would come. It's so funny. I'm an only child, like I said, and they would come up and they would, and I would go out to meet them and hug them and stuff like that. And they'd say, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's the boys?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, I've realized now. I'm I'm way on the back burner here." Yep. You know, um, but uh, the way that he, I mean, he would always ask. I mean, when Coleman was older. He would always ask, do you need anything, son? He's not asking me. He's asking Coleman, do you need anything, son? Can, can Grandpa get you anything? Do you, do you need money? Do you need anything? He always wanted to take care of 
especially the grandchildren. But he always, you know, my dad always took care of me too. I mean, um, I probably, I probably don't know. I mean, like I said, we, we were we were pretty poor growing up, and I I can't tell you what my dad sacrificed that I, you know. So I I mean, he prob there may have been sometimes he didn't eat so I could eat. You know what I mean? And I know I don't know that, but I I knowing how poor we were, I could see it. You know, um, so that that wanting to take care of my my children and my grandchildren and, and establish you know whatever they need um, you know I, I've said this many times and I know we're at the end here but you know in an effort to make my children's life better than mine was I think sometimes I made it worse I agree with that I think that uh, in our situation in our house uh, some of the things that have made us who we are and hardworking and then, well, we don't want our kids to have mm. to have that hard life. I think that's what made us absolutely who we are and we deny them of that same opportunity. And it's very, it's very frustrating sometimes. So there's a quote by, and I think it's, there's a quote by the guy that, um, is it Abu Dhabi over there in the Middle East? And the quote says, my, my grandfather rode on a camel. My father rode, or my great-grandfather rode on a camel. My grandfather rode on a camel. My father rode in a car. I ride in a, in a Range Rover. My, or I ride, actually he said, I ride in a Mercedes. My son rides in a Range Rover. My grandson will ride in anything that he wants. But my great-grandson will ride in a camel. Because strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. Weak men create hard times. And then it's just a circle. It's a circle. I, 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 you can see that playing out in the world today, right? Absolutely. Uh, it, that is an amazing quote, an amazing saying right there. I, I, I've heard it before. I think you might have mentioned it. And I, it, it does reflect where we're at right Incredible now. Incredible wisdom in that. Because in an effort to make things better and easier because you know what your struggle was, we forget, just like you said, that's what made us what we are. Therefore, easy times makes easy. Easy, easy times makes weak men. Yep. And so I, I, in some of those cases, and I can speak for my family, you know, my, my, boys, my boys never had a job. You know, I didn't want them working, you know, because I worked since I was nine, you know, so they they didn't have a job. Now, Cannon, Cannon has always, because of the way his mind works, he takes after my my wife's father, uh, who has a perpetual, who had a perpetual motor. He never stopped. He was always tinkering with things. He was always fixing things. He was always doing, he never stopped. Cannon's that way. And so, you know, at, I mean, honestly, at, 16 years old, Cannon was traveling all over West Texas rewiring tractor supply stores with their internet uh, because he wanted to start a business to do that. Hmm. So, um, but I, you know, I, I never wanted him to do that because I wanted him to be at the house and we could, but I, I didn't want his, I didn't want to squash his dream either, right. you know. So kind of wrapping it up, last question. In each of your boys, kind of the, what I was asking about you and your father, what do you see in each of the boys 
And are the, is it the same thing, or is it different things that that you can see your legacy go? Or I don't know if legacy is, but characteristics or whatever. You know, Coleman, um, Coleman looks just like me. Um, I don't know if they cloned that sheep first or if I cloned Coleman first. I don't know which one <laughs> they cloned first, but uh, he looks just like me. He acts like me He, in, in, in lots of ways. Um, mannerisms, we, we share the same language because of the interest that we have uh, of the ticket and Ted Lasso and all these other things. Um, I see it with his with his way he does his, his raises his sons. Um, he's not afraid to discipline. He, he, he'd rather not, but he's not afraid to. Uh, but he's, he's, he's certainly, he's certainly loving. And I would tell you this, he's probably more loving to his sons than I was to him. Okay. He's expanded on that. I, I, I don't, I don't think any of the boys would tell you that my dad doesn't love me. I think they always know that. Um, I've said it all their lives. I've I've kissed them on their mouths the whole all their lives. Even at 18, he's very uncomfortable. But he's, you know, <laughs> Ken is uncomfortable. At 27, I still I can't kiss him on the mouth now. I kiss him on the neck because he's taller than me. So, <laughs> but uh, but I've always kissed my sons, every one of them. Uh, I've always made sure. And I buy into what Pastor Key said about that because if, if they'll kiss their father, they don't have to worry about kissing another man. And so I buy into that, you know what I mean? But Because they, they know the, the love of a father in that. I think, Coleman's, I think Coleman's, more, Coleman's more patient than I was because he's a peacemaker too. Um, but I see that with his children. So he's more patient. I think he's probably more loving than I was to him, um, which is a wonderful thing. But I also don't want him to miss the quote that we just talked about, too. Mm. You know, because all my boys grew up in Frisco, in this affluent area that we live in. And so um, with that, you know, there's an effort to make things better. Sometimes that little spirit of entitlement would, would, would come in. You know, and he would talk about how his Xbox or my, my Xbox or my PS, whatever it was, 3 or whatever. And I say... Look, only by the grace of God and me and your mother do you have anything that you have. And we have to shrink that level of entitlement down yeah, yeah. a little bit. Um, that's, the one, that's the one that I can see most in right now because he has, he has little ones of his own. Um, you know, Cooper's figuring his way out, but Cooper's been, always been a very honorable young man. All the boys have. But, you know, Cooper's always been very honorable like we talked about. I think he's... He's been the one that has most wanted to be like my dad, you know, he, and in, in many ways. Um, so um, he's, they're figuring it out. The, the, two, the two younger ones are figuring it out. They don't have anything to test against yet. They don't have those little ones to test against yet. Uh, because as you both know, when that first one, when that first one comes, your life is different. Mm -hmm. It changes. You've got, mm -hmm. you, so, you know. At, at 21, um, which Cooper is at, right? Or he'll, about be 20, be, he'll be 21, yeah. What, where were you in, like, is there some uh, a parallel that y'all can, you can see there at that age then? Um, yeah, 21, I mean, I'm, I have to sit here and think about 20, 21 was a long, a long time ago. Long time ago. 
you know, I mean, at 21, I was, I was, Laura and I had already been dating for a couple years. We knew that we were going to get married, um, and that we were in that process. Uh, we got married when we were 22. Um, Cooper, um, Cooper would, Cooper wants that. Uh, he had a longtime girlfriend all through high school and, uh, they, she went off to college in another state and, you know, long-term relationships are long distance relationships are very tough, very tough. Uh, proximity, proximity matters. Yeah, it does. And, uh, you know, they, they end up splitting up and, but I think he thought that that was, that was going to be the one that we're going to. And I said, you know, son, um, you, you, that may, it may be, it may be, but you, you know, don't miss, don't miss life because you're trying to hold on to the past. Mm-hmm. You know, if she comes back in the future, then that's, that's a wonderful deal. But do you not think God's got the one that he's made that I've prayed for you that, do you not think he's got that one out there right now waiting for you? So I think the in, in, like that, that part of my life at 21, that's where we were at. Uh, I think Cooper would, des- would desire to be at that, at that point, but he's just had a little hiccup here in, in it. Um, you know, and under, of his own doing has not sought out that, you know, so son, I mean, you're, you're a good looking man and, uh, God can do anything, but he probably ain't bringing the pizza girl to your door to be the one that's going to, you're going to marry. He can, but that's probably not the one that's going to be. You're going to have to go out and find her. What do they say? Through a man's heart is, uh, you go through his stomach or something Through the stomach is the best way, (laughs) through a man's heart. That's right. Uh, And then uh, Cannon, as far as similarities, work ethic maybe? Definitely. Uh, Cannon Cannon is a a hard worker. He's the, I would say this, he's the hardest worker of the three. Uh, He, and I, I again, he's always seen me work hard. Uh, in my life, but I, I think that's just instilled that he's got the DNA of my, my father-in-law gotcha. in him. Um, so, so, I mean, it, it's, he just can't stop. He's, he's always, you know, we got a fidget, he's got a fidget thing, you know, and, and I said to him, I told him, I said, Look, I understand what that does for you, but son, you need to change you need to channel that into all the stuff that you want to do instead of just here spinning this fidget spinner, you know, um, I, 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 not to, not to down downsize that at all, but you have, you have this perpetual motor in you that's running all the time. You have to, you, you need to do what your, what your grandfather did and go and Cannon never got to meet his grandfather. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Laura's dad died at 72 in a, in a single single car wreck, um, and he had retired. And my my father-in-law retired in '86 when Laura graduated from high school. And what was he doing? Drive. He was transporting a car from one dealership to another dealership, and had a had a single car wreck. And Kenan was one at that time, so he never knew his he never knew my father-in-law, um, which is a travesty of of a gap in Cannon's life and Cooper's life too. Cause Cooper's only three. They're only two years apart, but, uh, yeah, my, my father-in-law was a, a great man. Um, I, I think I sent you a picture one time, uh, of 
when my father-in-law died, he was a, he was a, he was the football coach and the athletic director at San Jacinto junior high in Midland, Texas. And anytime a funeral procession would come past San Jacinto, when they were practicing football, he would make all the boys take their helmets off, go out to the fence and take a knee until the procession passed. Well, Again, he retired in 86 and died in 2004, I guess it was, 17 years ago, uh, whatever that is, 2004. And when we went by San Jacinto Junior High, all the boys, mm, this is going to get me, I'm sorry. All the boys took their helmets off and went and took a knee as my father-in-law went by because it was something that he started. Golly. 20 years, 40 years before that, yet that's a legacy that continues forward. Hmm. So legacy is important. I didn't, didn't have a lot of it from the Phelps side because we just didn't know, but we had it from the Martin side for my boys and my mother because when you see that, when you see those kind of things, even though they didn't know that that was legacy, that's legacy. They the what it did what it did for for people i mean i think that's probably the reason why i regret also not being a coach mm -hmm. that impact that you can make on on those young men but uh yeah the legacy of that i wish my boys had got to know him better coleman coleman had a little time with him the other two did they missed they missed out on that greatness so yeah, that get that story gets me too. It's it's a very uh, Ted Lasso being a human, uh, yeah. kind human moment. So, uh, it is that time. Uh, as as you know, since you've been here a couple of times, uh, we have our guests pray us out. Um, if you would do us an honor, sir. Absolutely, absolutely. So. <clears throat> Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you today and we give thanks for this day, Lord. It's the day that you've made. We'll rejoice and be glad in it, Father. I, I thank you. Thank you for these two men. I thank you for these two fathers that are here that, that put this put this medium together. And Lord, that they that they're expanding a message throughout the world. Lord, I, I pray over this podcast, Lord, that your hand would be on it. Your hand of favor would be on this like in no other place. Lord, when when there are podcasts that are crude and and un, you know, really unacceptable that are thriving, Lord, I say, please put your hand on this podcast. Lord, please expand these men, these men's reach, these fathers' reach in the world through this medium, Lord. Lord, let let us let us be remember to be thankful for our fathers, Lord, for the, the men that they are, the men that they were, and the men that they weren't, so that we can we can learn both ways, Lord. Thank you. And Lord, thank you for being our Heavenly Father. Lord, thank you for for instilling in us the, the DNA that you did, some of the part that comes from our fathers, but the part that comes from our Heavenly Father. Lord, thank you for making us warriors. Thank you for making us kings. Lord, thank you for making us everything that we are. But, Lord, thank you for making us fathers. Yes. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, when I get like that, I was like, don't close your eyes. Don't close your eyes. Because then it'll just, uh, everything will just suck back in, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> I know, man. I know. Golly. Didn't expect to wrap up with tears in my eyes, guys. Man. It's all good. It's all good. So yeah. next week we have Joe Robinette. 
Yes. On and he's going to do better than I am. I'm 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 not sure how much of this you're going to be able to use. <laughs> really, is all of it. I think all of it. I think it's amazing. Uh, pass that uh, questions and comments. Feel free to email us at mightyanvilpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram at mightyanvilpodcast and on our yeah. website, themightyanvil.com. Like, subscribe, that Like, kind of subscribe, stuff. tell your buttons, friends. Punch them, I don't know, whatever it whatever takes. Whatever it is, yeah. <laughs> this is one of the times where we do want you to click the button. Yes. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah click <laughs> yeah. that button, not the other one. And don't reply all, right? Do not reply. Oh, do not reply. My all wife either. complains about that all the time. Don't, don't these do people it. know? Just don't do it. That's right. All right, strikers. We'll see y'all next week. Later.